Um, I, w- I want to preach on something I haven't preached on in a while, and I'm actually really excited about it. Um, I hope you get excited about it. If you get offended, just send an email um, to Micah at Presence. Um, just forget the OC at the end. I might not get it. I'm just kidding. Put OC at the end. Send it to me. I'd even pray for you and talk to you. Um, I'm not afraid of people getting uh, offended or even having questions about things that I say. I, I do my best, but praise God, the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth, and we trust in him, and uh, he's really good. So I wanted to preach today on divine healing, and what I'm going to talk about is the lesson of King Asa. And if you don't know the lesson of King Asa, you're going to know at the end of this service. But I want to talk about healing. I want to talk about the fact that we have a God who heals us. The Bible says his name is Jehovah Rapha. He's the Lord who heals you. He's the healer of all healers. He made us. It's who he is. <laughs> Not even just what he does. It's who he is. He is a healer. The word doctor is also a word for healer. He's the great physician. He's the doctor of all doctors. He is the healer. Yeah? If that's already offending you, we're going to have a great trip right now. All right? (laughs) Okay, guys. I'm going to start out with a bang. Let's go to Jeremiah 17. (sighs) I'm kind of excited. Jeremiah 17. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose the New King Translation. All right. We're going to start in verse 5. Jeremiah 17, 5. You guys ready for this? this? Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man. And makes flesh his strength. Whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert. And shall not see when good comes. And shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness. In the salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots in the river, and will not fear when heat comes. Say, I will not fear. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, say, I will not be anxious, <laughs> nor will cease from yielding fruit. Isn't that a beautiful passage? It's a little intense when we started off, huh? Cursed is every man who trusts in men. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Isn't that great? Got to sit on that for a second. When we trust in men, we won't even see when the good things come about. We're, we're going to miss the good completely. When you trust in men, when good things come, you're not even going to see it. 
But when you trust in the Lord, when drought comes, when a year of famine comes, you as a tree will continue to bear fruit. Blessed is the person whose trust is in the Lord. Yeah? The Bible says that every promise of God for us is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Every blessing in the Bible is for us in Christ Jesus. The curses aren't meant for humans. Say that again. The curses aren't meant for humans. God never wanted to curse a human. Even when Adam and Eve sinned, you know he didn't curse them. He says the ground's going to be cursed and give you a hard time when you're, you know, you're, you're doing your work. You're going to have sweat and everything, trying to work all hard, and you're going to have pain in childbirth. But he cursed the devil. But the curse, curses were never meant for us. We were made to be blessed. Anybody offended yet? No, you guys are great. We were made to be blessed, completely blessed. But our blessing isn't automatic. You don't just, who, who would go, you get like injured and you never go to the doctor or you never go like to the hospital, get your like, you know, it's broken. Let's say your bone is broken. They're going to put your bone straight. You just never go to the doctor and you just go, that doctor never healed me. What? Go to the hospital. Are you guys, <laughs> come on, you understand what I'm saying. Sometimes we don't even go to God for the things in our life, and yet he's the source of the blessing for all of us. Cursed is every man who trusts in man. There's a lot of people in the world that we're called to honor. And we start with honor with our parents. Honor your mother and father. For if you do, you will have what? Long life. Honor your mother and father. Do you put your trust and faith in your mother and father? No. They ain't going to save you. Jesus is going to save you. God's going to save you. Honor, honor the firemen. Do you put your trust in the firemen? No. Put your trust in God. Honor policemen. Yes? Yes, following. Honor policemen. Do you put your trust in them? Is it them that you put your, all your faith in that they're going to protect you if something happens at your front door? No. You put your faith in Christ and Christ alone. You trust in him, but you honor those he calls you to honor. You honor those in authority. It's the same actually with physicians. We honor the physician. But do you put your faith in the doctor? No, you don't put your faith in the doctor. They're just a dude or a woman. A dude or a woman. They're a human. You don't put your faith in them. You put your faith in the living God. You commit your life into the great physician's hand and you trust him to do the work that he chooses to do. Yes? That's, that's page one. Here we go. All right, let's go to 2 Chronicles. There's two places that King Asa's life is found. It's in the books of Kings and it's also in Chronicles. But we're going we're gonna to go to Chronicles. 2 Chronicles we're going to start with chapter 14. 
His story is chapter 14 through 16. We're not going to go through the whole thing. We don't have time. But I encourage you to read it because it's really good. Why not? Yeah? In chapter 14, though, it starts with Asa in verse 2. It says, Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. Let's stop for one second. Do we know what Asa means? Asa in Hebrew means healer or doctor. Okay? He's a king. His name means healer or doctor. So I just want you to understand that. Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. Is he doing bad stuff or is he doing good stuff? He's doing good stuff. Pretty simple. Good interpretation, children of God. For he removed the altars of the foreign gods in the high places. Sounds good. And he broke down the sacred pillars and cut down the wooden images. I love it. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord their God of their fathers and to observe the law and the commandments. He removed the high places and the incense altars from all the cities of Judah. And the kingdom was quiet under him. You know what that word means, quiet? It means like shalom, peace, quiet. They, the kingdom was at peace because they had a ruler doing some good. Asa was a good guy. Yeah. He believed Yahweh was the Lord. He believed the testimony of Moses. He put action to his faith. He cut down idols. He burned them up. I imagine him smiling and laughing while he did it. He told people, serve God. Serve God. Serve God. He's a good guy. Yes? One more story. Here we go. This is what it says, verse 9. Then Zerah, the Ethiopian, came out against Israel with an army of a million men and 300 chariots. So Asa went out against him. And they set the troops in battle array. I'm skipping the names of the cities. And Asa cried out to the Lord his God. Who did he cry out to? Who? He cried out to the Lord. Did he cry out to man in this moment? Did he cry out to his generals and, and say, you guys good? You got this? You got the strength to beat a million men? A million men? You got, a strength, you got the strength to beat a million men? He didn't cry out to any man in this moment. No other king did he look to. He looked to one king, the king of kings in this moment. He looked to God Almighty. And it says he cried out to God, and this is what he says. Lord, it is nothing for you to help. I want you to say this. Say, Lord, it is nothing for you to help. Whether it's a million men or an incurable disease. It is nothing for you to help. Can we start there? Lord, it is nothing for you to help. It didn't bring one sweat bead on the forehead of God to help King Asa. Yes? 
whether with many or with those who have no power, help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on you. Say, I rest on you, God. And in your name, we go against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. He doesn't say, don't let men prevail against us. He says, you're our God, and if you're your people, don't let man prevail against you. Do you know what happens? So the Lord struck the Ethiopians before Asa and Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. And they pursued them, and they went. Good story? All right, let's skip two chapters here. In chapter 15, it talks about a bunch of reforms that he brought into the kingdom. Wow. Okay, we're going many years later. We're going decades now. He's been king. Chapter 16, verse 1. In the 36th year of the reign of Asa. Baasha, king of Israel, came up against Judah that he might not let none go out or come into Asa, king of Judah. <clears throat> so Asa brought out silver and gold, and he ultimately says in verse 3, let there be a treaty between you and me as there was between my father and your father. See, I've sent you silver and gold. Come, break your treaty with the king of Israel so that he will withdraw from me. And so he went to this king called Ben-Hadad. Um, so so Ben-Hadad heeded King Asa and set the ca- sent the captains of his armies against the cities of Israel. They attacked Dan and different cities. And it says, now it happened... But these guys ceased from their works against the place of Judah in verse 6. Then King Asa took all of Judah and they carried away the stones and the timber. I'm skipping some of this stuff. We can't talk about that. Verse 7. Here we go. This is where it gets really interesting. Verse 7. And at that time, Hanani, I just love that word, Hanani, the seer, came to Asa, king of Judah. And said to him, because you have relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped your hand. Were the Ethiopians and the Lubim not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth and show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. And this you have done foolishly. Therefore, from now on, you shall have wars. Then Asa was angry with the seer, that's prophet, and put him in prison, for he was enraged at him because of this. And Asa oppressed some of the people at that time. Okay, I'm going to backtrack that if you were just like, what is going on? There's an issue going on. Israel is split into two kingdoms. You got the kingdom of Judah and you got the kingdom of Israel. There's literally two kings. Asa is the king of Judah. They start to war against each other. 
Asa, instead of calling upon the Lord, goes to the king of Syria to help him. He didn't go to the Lord. He called out to the king of Syria, a person, to help him. He got totally in the physical, looked at the amounts of people, array, got mathematical in a sense, and he began to figure out, what do I need to do to stop this from happening against us? So he calls upon the king of Syria to help. We following? A prophet comes to him and says, what are you doing, bro? Micah translation. You fought the Ethiopians a couple chapters ago. <laughs> 30 years ago. And they were absolutely crushed. There was a million of them. You called out to the Lord and he heard you. And now you're going to rely on another king to help you in your issues? There was peace in the land of Israel. Everybody was chilling. Now, the nation of Judah is going to be at war. A whole bunch because of what you've done. Is this wild? We like to quote this verse. Did you guys hear that one verse in there? That was, um, it's a really famous verse. I don't know if you guys knew the context of it. It says, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. This is the prophet, Anani, speaking. Speaking to him, saying, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Have you guys ever heard that? This is where it comes from. The prophet was saying, bro, you got to go to God. You've got to go to God. You've got to trust in God. In the words of Jeremiah the prophet, cursed is every man who trusts in man. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Asa got so upset, he threw the prophet in prison. I don't know if you guys heard me read that. He threw the prophet in prison. And then he starts acting like a bad boy for some reason at the end. And Asa oppressed some of the people. Not only was he oppressing that, he was probably oppressing the other prophets that were coming out going, probably shouldn't be doing that. I don't know what he did, but he was oppressing people after the fact. Not good. It becomes like a cycle. You begin to trust in man, things start not going good for you, and all of a sudden, your land around you becomes desolate like a salt wasteland, and things are not booming with life, and now there is conflict and struggle and strife and wars because our faith was not in God but in man. We don't put our trust, our trust in the armies of America to protect us. We put our trust in God. Do we honor our military? Yes. Yeah. But do we put our trust in them? Is it because we have hundreds of nukes that we're going to be safe? No. No. 
No, come on guys. We put our trust in God in all things. Yes? Okay. We're not done. Verse 11. Three years later from that. So he had three years probably thinking of that prophet he threw in prison (laughs) to think about what he's been doing. Three years he's been acting like this. Three years. In the 39th year, Asa became diseased in his feet, and his malady, his illness, was severe. Yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord his God, but only the physicians. In his illness, he did not seek the Lord his God, but only the physicians. This is the next verse. So Asa rested with his fathers. He died in the 41st year of his reign, and they buried him in the tomb. Two years. Two years he had a, ma- a malady. Two years he had a severe disease. The man named healing. The man named doctor. The man who had a testimony of righteousness for almost his whole life. Who trusted in God when a million men came against him. Who had a testimony that he could have relied upon and remembered at the very end, decided to trust in man. And it led, to, it led to poverty and pain and war in the nation, and it led to literal pain in himself. When a sickness and the year of drought came upon him, the fruit of God was not made manifest, and he died. Are we all still okay? Okay. Let's go to 2 Kings, chapter 20. Hezekiah is another king. I want to flip the story for a second. Hezekiah is another king. He lived in the days of the prophet Isaiah. Have we all heard of Isaiah? Yes? Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 53 that the Messiah would come, that he would die for us, etc. Awesome prophet. Hezekiah is alive. He's a legit good guy, like Asa. He had testimonies to rely upon, yes? This is what happens. In those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death. And Isaiah the prophet went to him and said, thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Thus says the Lord, you shall die and not live. (laughs) What would you do? You get sick, and a prophet says to you, 
Thus says the Lord, your days are done. Get yourself in order. I'm going to give you enough time. Get your will done. Write it up. Make sure all the children you want to get whatever, get whatever. Then you're going to die. What would you do? This is what Hezekiah did. Verse 2. Then he turned his face to the wall. Isaiah, here, get your stuff in order. You're going to die. The Lord says it. He turns his face to the wall. He stops looking at him, and he looks at a wall. Why? Because he ain't looking at a wall. He's looking at God. And he prayed to the Lord, saying, Remember now, O Lord, I pray, how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro, looking for whom he may show himself strong. Someone, someone with a loyal heart. Remember, Lord, how I've walked with you. Trust me, guys, this, this, this sermon is about to literally, we're about to, dude, this is going to drop. We're going to get so excited right now. It's going to go on a whole other level. I really believe it. You want to know why? Because I'm already getting excited. I am getting so excited for what I'm about to say. And I still have to say this before I even say that. Oh. Remember, O oh Lord, I pray, how I have walked before you in truth with a loyal heart, and you have, and have done what is good in your sight. He turned to the Lord. It would have been fine if he honored physicians and had people come mend him, put some balm of healing upon him, relieve some of his pain. Would have been just fine. But in this moment, he's sending a prayer to God. He just heard you're dead, man. You're dead. You don't get another day. After you say your will, you're done. And what does he say? He doesn't go, God, you need to heal me. I demand it. He doesn't. He just says, he says, God, I've been walking with you my whole life. Please remember me. Just remember all that stuff. Remember that stuff. Just remember that stuff, God. I've been walking with you. Let your goodness come. Remember that stuff? And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Before I say the end of this, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. By the way, did you know those aren't their Hebrew names? That was not their Hebrew names. That was, they were exiled. Okay? So that was their, actually their exiled names. Their Hebrew names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. But regardless, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're going to get thrown in a, fla- a flaming furnace. And I say flaming because I'm, obviously a furnace is flaming. But so flaming that the people who threw them in got burnt up. So that's what I mean by flaming. This thing was hot. They're going to get thrown into this. And what do they say? We trust God. 
to deliver us. And even if we die, we're going to worship him. And we're not going to bow to you or to any other idol and get all weird. God deserves my heart. And even if I die, I'm going to worship him. But I believe God's going to heal me. He's going to save me from the furnace. But even if I die, they throw him in. We know that story. There's a fourth man in the furnace. One like the son of man, which is a term that we use for Messiah. God, the son of God, in the flames. They didn't even smell like smoke. The men who threw them in were burnt up to a crisp. Hezekiah wept bitterly. He didn't just shed a tear. Some of you are going through pain or suffering, and it's not like you're going to heal me and I can't even cry. Hezekiah wept bitterly. He got a word from prophet Isaiah that he's going to die. And God said it. He begins to weep. It says, as it happened, before Isaiah had gone into the middle court, he left the room. He's heading into the next section of the palace. That the word of the Lord came to him, saying, return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people. Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord. And I will add to your days 15 years and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. How long? No, wait, wait, wait. He cries. Isaiah walks out, comes back. Here's the word of the Lord. I got to go back. He says, bro, in three days... Go and do your business. Go about your business. But God's going to add 15, 15 years to your life. I don't know if for three days he's still suffering with this illness. But I think three days is peculiar. Here's what I want to say. Some of us in this room might feel like if tragedy struck us, we might be in a place to go, Oh, Lord, remember my life that I've been serving you. Some of us in here would go, I don't feel like I could say that at all. Well, I got good news for both of you. There's a guy named Jesus who lived the perfect life. <laughs> and the Bible says, you've become the righteousness of God. In him. His testimony, his sufferings, 
his labor, the fruit of all that he did belongs to you. (laughs) Oh my God, I want to start crying. You can say, remember God. Remember God, Christ. (laughs) I want to fall. (laughs) Remember God, Christ. You want to show yourself in someone strong? But you have Christ and I'm in him. Cursed is every man who trusts in man. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Even in the year of drought. Even in the year. Does the one who trusts in the Lord ever have to deal with drought? Issues? Difficulties? Yes. But even in your year of drought, you will be full. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Can you say not, oh, I'm going through drought, God, you've departed from me. Or can you say, Lord, even in the drought, I trust in you. Lord, even in the brokenness, I trust in you. Even in this pain, I trust in you. And I rely on you. You're my deliverer. You're my provider. You're my healer. I trust in you. No matter what the drought looks like, we've got a God who is our God, the only God, and every other God is an idol and false and dead. God is alive. And if God is our God, then our enemy is not fighting against us, but him. And God will defend his name. (laughs) Come on, guys. I've seen, I just got to say it for some people in here. I've seen the deaf hear. I've prayed for people who are 90% deaf, they start hearing. Prayed for people who are having trouble seeing, they start seeing. I've prayed for people who haven't walked in years, they start walking and weeping. I haven't walked like this in years. Good thing was I didn't know that person was like that. It's actually a funny story. I went back and they said, Michael, you come pray for this lady? She's in pain. I said, sure. I go in the back room. Very interesting house. Had a bunch of bunk beds in the back. Anyways, I go back there, this lady's sitting there, and they said, her back's messed up, her legs. And I looked at her, I said, stand up and walk in the name of Jesus. She starts, stands up, she starts walking. I grab her hands, I start walking with her, she just starts bawling. I go, she's walking with me, I go, well, how much better is it? I don't know anything about her. And she goes, I haven't walked for years. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't know. <laughs> uh, uh, isn't that fun? I'm so glad I didn't know because I probably wouldn't have said it. Come on. I know, I heard a story of one guy who's in Africa and his one brother who doesn't have a high education is in this hut. This baby was on a backpack, fell out of the backpack, broke, broke the neck. 
But the dude in the, the brother from Africa in the house didn't know any different. He's just praying. So the minister goes in there and he's like, what? Let me see. What happened? He checks the baby and he, he is actually a doctor. As well. He sees the neck's broken. He's like, oh, no, this is not good. Sees the guy's praying, recognizes, I, I don't got no faith for this moment. I feel it, and I'm just making a weird vibe. Leaves the hut. And a while later, the brother comes out. He says, well, how is it? The baby's all fine. The baby's healed. He says, what? He says, yeah, the baby's healed. He goes and checks on the baby. The baby's fully healed. Is that crazy? I love that story. I've prayed for people and they were missing bones in their body and bones grew. And they had walking problems and they started to walk. Just at the youth camp this week, there was two kids that had one leg longer than the other and they had walking problems or whatever, pain, and they got healed. Their legs grew out. One kid said one of his arms was longer than the other one. I got, I remember it. I was a coach at high school. I was a coach for the high school water polo team. There was this kid named Blake, and he had one arm longer than the other one. In fact, it gave him so much chest pain that it would hurt him. He had to wear a chest contraption to bed at night. God said, Micah, pray for Blake. And I said, God, this is a public school. The next day I see Blake. God says, Micah, pray for Blake. God, this is a public school. A week goes by of this. I was reading my Bible and it says, anything not of faith is sin. And God slapped me in the face. And I said, Lord, forgive me. And I said, who gives a rip if I get fired? Let's go, baby. I walked on the campus. And I said, Blake, you want to hear a crazy story? He says, sure. I tell him a miracle story. He says, wow, that's crazy. I said, yeah, you're a Christian, aren't you? And he goes, yeah, I'm a Christian. Let's pray for your arm right now, man. He says, all right. He throws his hands up. I said, Jesus, and his arm grows out in my hand. <laughs> True story. I didn't even finish praying. I said, Jesus, and I was wanting to say more. I didn't say Jesus like Jesus. I said, Jesus, what? it just grew. He starts tripping out. Another boy walks by like this, watching. He's like, oh, my gosh, you know. I, I listen to them. They walk over. They're in a huddle. They start talking. They're talking, and I hear them. They say, what did he say? And Blake says, he just prayed for me. Revival started to break out. Kids started to invite other kids to church. Kids started to buy some kids' Bibles. Parents were coming on the pool deck crying, asking about Jesus. Parents started coming to my house, coming into my dirty garage, <laughs> seeking the Lord. On the bleachers, I'm walking by, and I hear screaming, oh, my God! I look up, I go, what's, what, are, number one, chill. We're at a, we, we, there's a games going on. I thought they were just being rambunctious. They go, whoever it was, so-and-so just got healed. We all prayed for him. I said, wow, let's go. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Make a ruckus. Isn't that fun? I want 
to go one step farther. I don't know if I can say this. I only have three minutes, but I, there's so much more I have to say. But I, I, want, I want the first nuggets for this week. God forbid we don't miss that lesson of Asa, okay? We have to trust in the Lord, only in the Lord. You don't put your faith in man. If you're sick, you don't put your faith in the doctor. If you're scared of terrorists, you don't put your faith in our military and in our president. If you're anything, you don't put your faith in man. Honor, honor those who are deserving of honor, but trust only in God. He is your deliverer. He is your healer. God forbid we start a life that has some awesome story and we end a life departing in our heart from the Lord. Asa was still honored. He was given a tomb of honor and he's honored in scripture. Even in the book of Kings, it doesn't even say that. Whole last story that I told you about the king and that, it doesn't even say that in the book of Kings. It just says the positive. It says then he died. He's honored. How good is God in that? And yet, there's an opportunity for us and a lesson for us that we all will have to face as humans because there will be years of drought. But cursed is every man who puts their faith in man and blessed is every man who puts their faith in the Lord. You can cry out to God. His eyes are looking for whom he can show himself strong in. I'm telling you, God wants to show himself strong in you. God is not sitting back thinking, maybe I want to show myself strong in some people. His eyes are blazing and looking. Believe it or not, get mad or not. I don't feel anybody getting mad. I'm just saying it. Get mad or not. Have whatever emotion you want. But God is looking to show himself strong. And he's looking for somebody whose heart is loyal to him. And you can say, like Hezekiah, Remember God. Even if you don't have a history, even if you did have a history, you've got a better history. And it's the life of Christ Jesus. That his successes are your successes. His labor you get to reap from. His sowing you get to reap from. He sowed his life into the ground, and you get to reap of his resurrection. Father, remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. I trust in you to deliver me, and even if I die, I will worship you. I really hope you could swallow that right there. I put my hands, my life, my mind, my body, my heart,
fully into your hands, Father. Let's go. You got to get kids. Go get your kids. I really want to say one more thing. It's okay. If you want to go, just go. I really want to say it. Is it okay if I push you a little bit? If you want to go, go. I just got to say one more thing. There's one thing about you going through an issue and going to God. You all need to learn that. But there's also the revelation of you being a minister and bringing healing and wholeness to others. And I just want to say, starting it off, and maybe we'll continue it next week. But God wants to transform you so much that you represent Jesus more and more and more to the world. Jesus went around healing the sick, all those oppressed of the devil. And we are growing into his full stature. And some of us, many of us, are at certain levels of that because we're growing. Yes? But we're called to be transformed. That word transformed means metamorphosis, which means changing from one thing to another. And the things that are seen teach us things that are also unseen. And just like the butterfly or the bee and other animals, they go from larvae or crawling things straight into things that fly. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's, there's a thing called nuclear transmutation. <laughs> this is real. Look it up. It's crazy. It's fun stuff. Just read it for a day, you know. Some of you might want to geek out longer, but some of you are like, okay, five minutes is enough for me. Nuclear transmutation. They started to find this out early 1900s, and now it's, they, did you know you can make silver gold? You can make any element another element? No? Did you know that people are like, oh, our earth only has this much gold? Yeah, but you also know you can change anything into gold. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? Look it up, okay? If you actually change the nucleus, nuclear, nucleus, and it actually causes, it, you actually have a ton of energy to do it. In fact, if you change silver to gold, it's so much energy and the cost is so great, the gold's not worth it, and obviously the world's all about making money, so they're not gonna be doing it, okay? But if you go to the nucleus of an element, which some of you are like, nucleus? You know, you're tripping out. The center, the, the beginning, the, 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 the base, the inside, and you add protons into it, you change what it is from the inside. You guys get what I'm saying? This is a real thing in real life. Is that crazy? They just found this out in 1900. And now it's like a real thing with like nuclear power and all this stuff. They could do this. You can change one thing, one element into another element through nuclear power. Is this wild? How... How much power do we have in the Holy Spirit when he transforms us from the inside out? He puts another protein in you, the Spirit of God, and he changes your whole makeup. You go through metamorphosis. You go from a little caterpillar walking around on the ground going, woe is me. Watch out for that foot. Don't want to get crushed to a butterfly. Holy Spirit wants to come in you, and as you actually, you get transformed in two ways. This is the last thing I'm going to say. 
you get transformed in two ways. As your mind is renewed, therefore the word of God actually brings transformation to you. It, the Bible says, stir up the gift that's in you. When you read and the revelation of Jesus, it actually transforms you from the inside out. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Romans chapter 12. It literally brings forth the transformation as you study the word of God. And you will look more and more like Jesus. Two, you're transformed as you behold him in prayer. As you gaze upon him and contemplate him, the power of the Holy Spirit works in your inner man and you are transformed into his image from glory to glory. Not only do we, when we're going through stuff, need to turn to the Lord, we need to understand that we need to be people that need to not be conformed to the world, but transformed. We need to learn how to walk in the fullness of Christ and learn to grow into the fullness of Christ so that we can represent him to the world and we can bring more and more healing, life, joy, peace, the power of God to humanity. Yes? Okay, I gotta end there. I love you guys so much. We gotta get the kids. Um, can we get... We're going to get the wonderful prayer team up here. Feel free to come get them. If you got kids, please go get them. Sometimes I get yelled at because I always forget. And um, I love you all, okay? I love you. Love one another. Bye.